0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Wrestling has silly names, doesn't it? Because the first match on this week's Ring of Honor was a championship proving grounds match. Also hello my friends, my name is Simon What WhatCulture, thank you very much for joining me as always as we're about to up those downs for Ring of Honor. So far, we're doing okay. So we will continue to surf that way. But remember, you have to support the videos, otherwise they'll vanish, and you'll be like, "Where did the videos go?" Even though I told you the damn details. This fight was indeed Claudio Castagnoli versus Willie Mac, and I popped huge, even though I was totally by myself in my house when we did see Will, because that dude is an underrated talent. He should be showcased in as many places as possible. You also know that Claudio Castagnoli is some kind of alien sent from the nether realm to come down to Earth to wrestle. But I tell you what. do like about these proving ground matches they're 10 minutes long and the rules are nice and simple if you can beat the champ be a pinfall of submission of course you're going to get a championship shot but again there's a 10 minute time limit so just try and wait that out and you're still going to get a shot nice mac also humped the ring canvas at one point all the fans went oh my gosh he humped the ring canvas that kind of sums up what's going on at the moment and despite his size he can just move like nobody's business in many ways he doesn't make any sense which means he's two plus two equals potato. Given us the same for Claudio, though, this was absolutely great, especially when Castagnoli just suplexed Willie Mack, who is not a small man, but he did this so effortlessly. I honestly went, ha, 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 like I was M. Bison. I also started thinking to myself, man, I envy his strength, which is a weird thing to do. And when Willie Mack caught him with the pop-up Samoan drop, I was all plugged in. He also kipped up and did a standing moonsault because he's got crazy legs, but then as always he got carried away, he went to the top rope, he went for the frog splash, he totally missed, which happens to a lot of wrestlers, which is when Claudio summoned his inner Sagat, he killed him with this uppercut, one, two, three, sorry Willie Mac, no championship match for you. We absolutely should do more stuff with Willie, though, which is a terrible sentence to say here in the UK, but luckily we're a worldwide show giving it up. And then we took two tag team guys and put them in a singles match because we're trying to build a tag team feud. Why not? But it was Mike Bennett versus Dante Martin and as I'll always say about Top Flight, we should give them as much as possible in Ring of Honor and then do the same in AEW and trust me, in a couple of years, they are gonna be massive. Bennett also refused to do the Code of Honor, so he was fired from the company straight away. And while I made that last bit up, Isn't this what should happen? Like if this is a rule in your promotion and somebody breaks the rule, somebody should walk out and go, I'm sorry, Mike, you don't work here anymore. Amazingly too, the first thing that these guys did was chop each other. And I didn't have that on my bingo card, mostly because when you go to play bingo, it's just a bunch of numbers. I mean, how would that even work? Uh, I've got chop battle, what are you talking about? Of course, Maria Kanellis was out with her man, although my autocorrect changed that to Nan. That's far funnier. So I'm gonna say Maria Kanellis was out with her Nan and she started casting distraction almost instantly. And poor Dante Martin couldn't handle this at all. It meant that Mike proceeded to drop him with a pile driver on the rampway, And I was like, again, do you know what I said one second ago? I think someone should probably let Mike Bennett go because he's gone crazy. This actually led to a count out tease and thank goodness for that. Because if somebody does take your head and plants into the concrete, you shouldn't be able to get back in the ring with any given speed. I think Dante got in about 17 though. So Mike was like, well, look at you. I'm going to beat you up. He wasn't able to pin him though when all of a sudden Dante Martin did this springboard to get out of the way when he hit one of the best insiguris I've ever seen. Yes, that's hyperbole, but that's kind of what we do here. He then powerbond Mike's ass, which always sounds a little bit weird, but after Bennett had nailed him with a spear, all of a sudden he transitioned into the London Dungeon submission. I was like, all right, Bennett, I like you again, you rep it." There was then some wrestling tennis as Dante was able to score with the Hurricane rana and hit this frog splash, and just when they were going at it again, yeah, Martin hit this full Nelson Slam thing, and the ref went one, and the ref went two, and the ref went three. Dante Martin won he never wins it is being teased massively that we will get to the pay-per-view and we will do the kingdom versus top flight and we'll get into more of that later and i have no problem with this at all because it just feels like darius and dante are going to learn a lot in their time at ring of honor i enjoyed this muchly up we were all about matches on this ring of honor because we went into another one and as i keep saying given that it is behind the paywall i think we can have a little bit more fun with it but out came everybody's favorite assholes it was the trustbusters. For over the last two weeks, Ari Divari and Slim Jay have just been beating the ship out of Metalik. And they had said, oh man, you better go get a partner. Which he did. Blake Christian. Why he cares, I don't know. But at least he's a good dude. Metalik was all wound up from his beatings over the last couple of shows. So he was doing all of his moves here, including the rope walk. Which is when Slim J was like, actually, no, I don't like being hit in the face, so you better stop it. Because he started going bonkers or casting a distraction, which is when Divari was able to go, ha, ha and then he got on top. How's oh, that, man? They do this every single week, and there's nobody here to try and sort it out. Prepare their double superplex Metalik, because of course it is a tag team match, and you're able to do that when they went for the dreaded back suplex. And the only reason it is dreaded is because Metalik is a bit of a high flyer. He landed on his feet he got the tag to Blake he ran wild for a little bit but him and Slim J went to the floor where Christian got slammed they got back in the ring and Blake then got hit by a reverse DDT <laughs> it's like Mr. Christian your hot tag was not successful at all thankfully he had a spring in his step so he did nail Davari with an elbow when he got another hot tag to Metalik and I think he had watched his tag team partner and gone, you yeah, know that wasn't very good so he did much better or so you would think he basically just ran right into a Hurricane Rana from Slim J. And I was like, well, you can see who the actual tag team is here. And they both got obsessed with the top rope, which was kind of akin to a kid going, oh, my dad is bigger than your dad. But when Slim J went for the moonsault, he too totally missed. It allowed Metalik to hit a moonsault of his own, as Divari was taken out by Blake Christian when Metalik hit the Metalik driver. I love it when wrestlers do that. Oh, man, well, this move already exists. I'll just put my name ahead of it. But he did hit it on Slim J, and incredibly he won. That was that too, and in fact, all of these teams are gonna be involved later. So we are building something here. I'm giving it an up. Being on this great video focusing on Samoa Joe versus Mark Briscoe for the TV title that is happening at the pay-per-view, as we were also told, oh hi, Samoa Joe has never lost to Mark which means it's definitely going to happen in a couple of weeks. We were then with Briscoe as well, which was very handy, who said he wanted to take on Tony Nese before we got to the pay-per-view, because they have beef, as we reminded at that damn show. We're also getting a reach-to-the-sky ladder match. I've said it once and I'll say it twice. I shall say it for a third time. Is wrestling doing too many ladder matches at the moment? Probably, but will this be absolute fire? Yes. It was time for some stories after this. Because here came Eddie Kingston. Now given that he does have beef with Claudio Castagnoli, who is the Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio came to ringside when it came to Eddie's of Poland. He was taking on Jeeves K from the Trustbusters. This didn't last very long at all. Kingston also tested my loyalty because he took this guy and threw him into Barry Barricade. But thankfully at least here he had a plan because this kind of caused a ricochet. And as Castagnoli was drinking coffee, he then spilt the stuff all over his shirt. He was so pissed off, he just left. This was basically goofy wrestling as far as I'm concerned, so goofy wrestling for life, which is when Eddie locked in the stretch plum, Jeeves tapped out. So that was that too, so it wasn't the most riveting of angles, but I did think it built it nicely. And of course, we're going to get this match confirmed for Supercard of Honor. And I kind of think that we should give Eddie Kingston the belt just because at least for a little while, he ain't going to be featured on AEW TV, whereas Claudio is. But hear my words and hear them well. Eventually, should Eddie Kingston be the All Elite Wrestling Champion? Yes, and I mean it from my Tootsie Toes up. We then learn that the Truth Busters versus Metalik and Blake Christian is only just getting going. Huh. Because Mark Sterling was in the back with his boys and he was just totally losing it saying, I don't think that tag match was fair. So I've gone to the commission and I'm going to sort this out. This is when Ari Davari just went totally nuts. And he wasn't happy at all. Jeeves K was also hanging out with these guys. They didn't actually realize he was part of the Trust Busters by him and an idiot. So they were like, look, there's three of us, Blake and Metalik. So why don't you get a third guy and we can do a trios match? I was like, yeah, sure. That's a thing. Go and do. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. And then it was time for another Proving Grounds match. I did say to myself, do we need two on the same show? i don't think that we did but it didn't mean that it was athena versus the returning haian and i like this a lot because while once again it's going to be a hardcore audience watching this i bet there's a few new eyeballs of ring of honor so here you can take haian and you can say to your old fans oh look who's back which is what we did here but you can also present new talent and that's something that ROH 8 should be doing every single week let's go out there find the best wrestlers in the world and give them a platform to perform on as has been the way recently though athena is just a wrecking machine so when then she hit this spinning chokeslam thing and then just went, Ruh! I was like, man, I'm so happy she's Ring of Honor Women's Champion. But once again, I'd like to see her more on Dynamite. I mean, she would fit into that outcast story really well. Even when High and scored with a leg drop, Athena just kicked out at one. She's like, no, that's not happening. These two went bonkers when we had a powerbomb on the floor. I can't really say it's free TV because you do have to pay for it. But my word, did they have their walking boots on? Not walking boots, working boots. Haiyan then got thrown into Simba the Steel Steps, so she was absolutely getting beaten up, when Athena rolled her back into the ring, applied the crossface, and that was that. Tap out victory. She's so potty that she just threw Haiyan into the women's title afterwards, because again, she just wants blood and warfare. And as I'm going to talk about later on in this show, Athena is one of the people we should build the entire ring of product around. She on fire right now. she's getting up. And then it turned out that Leak and Blake Christian, had a partner already. It's almost like this stuff is pre-planned. But it was AR Fox, and what beef he has with the Trustbusters, I don't know. But they do do a lot of interference, and they do do a lot of distracting. Also, I like AR Fox, I'm a big fan. And these three together, well, they will be totally crazy. And then Silas Young returned to Ring of Honours. So once again, if you are a long-term fan, you must have been doing the dance of joy. He was taken on Marcus Cross, and shout out to that guy, who was very nice to me on Twitter this week. And I like it when people are nice, because it makes me feel nice. And I doubly love him too, because early on, he was busting out the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Very sadly, it didn't work. Young didn't appreciate that at all, and he just beheaded this guy with a lariat. But then he got a little bit too obsessed with Irish whips, so Cross was like, all right, well, I don't have to stand to this, and he hit him with a crossbody. Once again, this Silas who just basically smacked Marcus right in the face, before he hit his PG plunge. And I think it may actually be called the P.G. Waja Plunge or something like that. I've heard it before, but these crazy moves just hit different ups and downs. Because when they said it, I just went (laughs) hee hee hee, because I'm eight. Young also got on the mic afterwards and was all like, Man, I'm here to remind you, Justin, who the hell I am and that I'm the best. When all of a sudden, who also made their return to Ring of Honor? It was Shane Taylor. So once again, it's just more warm and fuzzy in your tum tum moments, because these guys are synonymous with the product. And if we're going to feud these two, not only does it tie into history, but they will absolutely kick each other's ass. I liked all of this. Then um. Athena went crazy. Because he was being interviewed by Lexi Nair, when from nowhere, and that rhymes, she called out Yuka Sasazuki. And I didn't have that on my bingo. Now nah, we've already done it. Turns out that Athena is mad at her because she thinks she ran away from Japan after the last time they fought. So now Athena thinks she's running scared. And I've thought about this all morning and I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. The point is Athena then challenged Yuka to a match at the pay-per-view. And if you saw the last one, you know how good it was. So now we're going to do it on technically a bigger stage. I would be relatively excited. So once again, Ring of Honor was just proving they're trying to be just a solid wrestling show. Which was also true for the next match, but it also had a bunch of wonderfulness because here came Dalton Castle and the boys. They're also in the running for being some of the most entertaining people on the show, but also they want those trios titles back. For here they were taking on the embassy, all three guys that are big men that like to slap their meat. And look, Brian Cage, Toa Leona and Khan are great, but I just have a thing for Dalton Castle and the boys while well, the good guys did run wild for a little bit, eventually these giants went, wait a minute, look at our biceps. Look how jacked we are. And they started to catch people in midair and basically fold them up like an accordion. I and mean, even when boy Brandon turned to Brenton Dalton was like, help me, they tried to pin Khan who just kicked out at one. So again, this is three to a singular and they weren't able to do anything. Cave then just caught Brandon in midair and flattened him as the owner was like, oh, I'm gonna throw Dalton into Simba the Steel Step. And I swear at one point, Khan backdropped Brandon into the top rope. And who on earth does that? They then went full on, we're massive, I'm gonna squash you. But actually it led to the Dalton Castle hot tag. And he just busted out all of these damn suplexes. And I can't help it. He just got someone. Give of course the big lags had prince nana in the corner so he stopped the bangerang i could already see the writing on the wall when essentially the embassy <laughs> took both of the boys and they slammed them <laughs> together but it was so damn violent and it was so damn impactful this is what i did i laughed like i was a little child I don't know how they did that without being hurt. It also meant they did win this, and afterwards they continued to cause all this carnage, when, yeah, out came Blake Christian, AR Fox, and Metalik, and to be fair to them, earlier on they had said, oh, man, we want the three-man championship, so it stands to reason why they're poking the bears. So I presume we're going to have a situation with these two teams and the Trustbusters, and that makes sense. I mean, the story has been heading in that direction. Works for me. Up. More women's action was Ness because it was Trisadora, Taken on the returning Madison Raid. Trish seems to be getting a big old push, and if we do her versus Athena on TV soon, I think that would be good. And she started to bust out Northern Light suplexes. Now, if you're a watcher of a lot of wrestling, as am I, you will know that in 2023, everybody loves the Northern Light Suplex. There was more evidence here, because after Trish had been beaten up and she got back to her feet. <laughs> she hit a northern light suplex why not rain just booted trish in the face at one point that will always work but when adora went for lariat tubman rain decided well i don't really want that to happen to me so she reversed it into a ddt she also hit the cloud cutter and the crucifix bombs and got near falls on both so we all started going oh she's going to win which is not true that's not how wrestling works instead when you do hit all of your big moves and you can only get a two count usually means you'll lose. Smiley Madison then went for the cross reign because that is her finisher, but Tris wasn't into this. She smashed her with the Lariat and she got the three count. Now, I thought this was a fine TV match, but again, let's make sure we're building here and we're heading off into the future, giving it an hour. Then got it confirmed that next week, yep, we are going to do Darius Martin versus Matt Taven as that feud continues. When out came Christopher Daniels and his brand new tag team partner, Matthew Seidel now look I love these two I think they're heroes I think they're legends and in many ways they're very underrated and probably deserve more from wrestling however they were taking on the outrunners so that was that straight away I was rooting for turbo floyd and truth magnum because they have the two greatest names in the history of wrestling and look into my face I am not joking please go and watch their promos too to understand their greatness and it's just a shame that nobody else does Because while they got a little bit of offense in here, ultimately, they were basically squashed. Because, yeah, it didn't go that long, and Daniels and Seidel beat them up when Matt hit the lightning spiral 1-2-3. And I've been thinking about this all morning. You know what? While it was a fine match, down. That's right. I won't have it. The disrespect to the outrunners... It's unbelievable. There was a massively cool fallout to this, though, because Aussie Open stormed out, and they were like, listen, Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel, you're on our tag team, you're legends, we want to be the tag team champions, so it stands to reason, if we can beat you, we'll be on the way. That is really cool, and man, it'll be a great match, but I'm still salty about Truth and Turbo, and I am going to remain on this platform until somebody does something about it. Which is when Wheeler Yuta main event in Ring of Honor TV... Now he was facing Clark Connors for the pure title, and I'll get into the match in just one second, but he did win, spoilers, when he sat down in the squared circle afterwards and made quite the call out. Because he now wants to fight Shibata, and when he said this I was like, "What? you can't fight Shibata given everything he's been through, although it does stand to reason. I mean he wanted to beat up the LA dojo boys, and who is the teacher of that damn school? I mean, if you're saying anything but Shibata, you're not listening. It also means we now have this narrative where he's taken on the graduates, but he wants to take on the person running the damn thing. And I guess we're doing this at Supercard of Honor. It must be Wheeler Utah versus Shibata for the, what, the pure rules, t- I can't even talk. The words, I just can't believe this is happening. Just. Please, everyone be safe. We are living in Narnia. Otherwise, this match was great, though, because not only have we established wheels as this badass heel, but Clark Connors knows what he's doing. And because Utah is just a massive dick, he forced Clark to use two of his rope breaks early on, and then he took his wrist tape off, he threw it away, and when the referee wasn't looking, he took his close fist and he punched Clark right in the face. And you're not allowed to do that in a pure rules match. Now, this did have me laughing, too, because I was like, ref, Why do you care about where he throws his wrist tape? But again, wrestling officials are crazy. And the whole time we sold it like, oh my gosh, Clark has hurt his shoulder. Clark has hurt his shoulder, which means when he did get a bunch of big moves and he went for the pin, he wasn't able to do it. And as we mentioned earlier, just like good old-fashioned simple storytelling. This was especially true after he hit the trophy kill, but then he was like, oh, I can't do it. This is when Wheels once again took his close fist and he punched him right in the face. Now, of course, the referee didn't see the first one, so he didn't DQ him, but now we can retroactively go, well, he should have done, this guy was being a moron. My favorite part is when Connor's fired up and he went for three suplexes, but he wasn't able to do the last one because of his damn injury. So Wheeler Utah reversed into the crossface. Clark is the babyface, he wouldn't give up. So you was like, alright. And he moved into that seatbelt thing and he got the win. This is when he did call out shibata and here's what I think we should do. Athena, Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Utah, Claudio Castagnoli, Mark Briscoe and Samoa Joe. We should kind of build the whole company around these people. And also, if we are going to feature Willow Nightingale more, she should be put in there. All of them are kicking ass at the moment. I'm giving it an up. We should, of course, bring us to the end of Ring of Honor and people getting all mad at me in the week going, Simon, you're being too nice to Ring of Honor. But not really. My expectation is now that I'm going to sit down and get a bunch of good showcase matches And that's what they're doing. There's no point being a negative Nancy. Why are we always having this conversation? But you're right. I am an idiot. But it's still getting enough. Now please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's Ring of Honor. Also, there's a video on the screen. Please do give it a click. I promise you'll have a good time. And you can like the video, share the video, and subscribe. You can also head to whatculture.com where we'll keep you up to date with the latest wrestling news and give you a bunch more articles. And you can follow us on social media at whatculturewwe and at simonmiller316. Do I have anything worthy to say? No. May make you laugh. My name is Simon. What culture? Thank you very much for joining me as always. Have a lovely weekend. See you soon.